Hello, you're listening to I'm Not That Old, Lady, and welcome. I'm Teresa Sayers. I live on a farm in Minnesota, USA. And I will try to figure out why we are so obsessed with age and aging. Be advised, some language may not be appropriate for all listeners. There may be some profanity that is not beeped out. Oswald Vargas is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing in California. He has 10 years experience in individual and family counseling. Oz, as he's known to his friends, has generously agreed to give us insight into why we feel as we do. I think you'll easily understand why I am so thrilled to add his expertise to the podcast. Here he is. This podcast is for informational purposes only. You should seek your own professional counseling advice if you feel the need. This call is being recorded. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Uh, I, was, I was doing much better until a couple hours ago. <laughs> oh, no. What happened? Well, I have well, I had my my second vaccine yesterday, right? Oh. And uh, luckily, luckily, actually, no side effects. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I was I was very very blessed, lucky that way, I guess. Um, no side effects, like I'm, you know, just uh, yesterday I just took a nap. I think because I was already tired. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, but then I've I've been fine. Like even you know, I it hurts the spot where I got the shot, the vaccine, but. Other than that, I've been good. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, I hit my my wife. We hit her a little bit harder. Oh. Um, but she's been yeah tired all day yesterday. Um, but uh, I don't know if I told you, but about three years ago, um, I was um just messing around trying to push somebody into a, a swimming pool, and I stepped into a hole and I twisted my knee. Oh, ouch! And uh, my knee like it bent sideways so i think I, I torn i torn something mm-hmm. and um so i i went to the doctor they did x-rays and they're like okay we couldn't find anything so you need to go in to get an mri and you know i said okay well what do you, you know what do you think could happen and I'm like well we have to do surgery you know you're gonna you're gonna be away from horses and recover and all that so so i never went back yeah <laughs> Heck with that. <laughs> yeah, my that's not that's not gonna work. So for the last three years, I've been nursing it, and you know, I bought myself a brace, and I wore the brace for mm-hmm. I don't know a year, year and a half, almost two years, and I was just fine. So the last uh, the last year, believe it or not, it's been fine. You know, went back to exercising and did my own therapy, mm-hmm. and it's, it was fine. It's been holding up very fine. Uh, and I just, I don't know if I jinxed it, but, I, but a couple of weeks ago, I told my wife, you know what? My my knee is holding up. It's, it's, it's cool. I'm not worried about my knee anymore. And today, okay. I went to move one of the horses were walking, and, I, I, and you know, there's parts where some bricks and flooring, and I I stepped with my, so this is my right knee that is messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stepped with the left foot, and I stepped wrong, so I hurt my left foot. But it 
when I went to compensate, I stepped with my right, my right foot, but that part was uneven also. <laughs> so there went my knee. Oh no. Yeah. So I twist, I, I twisted my knee again. So now I, I'm walking like a penguin because my left foot <laughs> hurts, and my right, my right knee, so I'm waddling around. <laughs> get the frozen peas out or put some ice on it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I get home, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that and just keep my knee up, and you know the swelling will go down, and I think I'm just I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and finally go in and go to a specialist, and if I need surgery, I need surgery. Yeah, if you need it, you yeah, need it. Cause, yeah, because I made it worse over the years. Like two years ago, when we went into the snow and I slipped in the ice, so I, I really messed it up then. Um, so, so yeah, it's just one of those things that you know, I don't want to do it because I'm so busy mm-hmm. and I'm so active, and but I have to do it. Mm. So that was my morning. Well. You know, oh boy! Uh, I was I was fine with my with a shot, a vaccine, but then that that happened. So I'm oh, a little yeah. bit of discomfort, but oh well, I'll survive. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing? How's your day going? <laughs> Not bad. Not bad at good. all. It's cooler today and kind of overcast, and got running around to mm-hmm. the done and fed puppies mm-hmm. and cleaned mm-hmm. up after puppies and. Yeah. So the, no, what, how much? How much of the? When do the puppies go to their new homes? When do they, yeah. When do they go to their new homes? Um. Well, we've got several buyers showing up on the twenty fourth. Okay. So we're gonna have three gone by then, and then uh-huh. the weekend weekend after another one goes. I still have one boy available. Hmm. So you know, okay. yeah, I don't know. You never know. So uh-huh. it could it could change any time. And they're they're mm-hmm. very vigorous. They're very they're very strong. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh golly. Uh, yeah, I know. Watching their videos. Oh my goodness, so cute. Oh, they are adorable. They are so yeah. cute. And all of them yeah. are just really good looking. I I don't have a bad oh. one in the bunch. That's awesome. That's awesome. They're very good. Now, so you, obviously you own the mom, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Where did where did that come from? Um, I found him through a friend. Oh, okay. Who knew this guy that that bred Labradors, um, champion mm-hmm. Labradors? Mm-hmm. Oh dear, I'm sorry. Um, quick trip. <laughs> it's, it's it's specials. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so and he was local. And so mm-hmm. I contacted him, and we talked, and we have to compare our testing and make sure everything's copacetic and look at the bloodlines, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there you go. Oh, cool. It's okay. Yeah, it's you're you're shopping really for a stud, right. and um, mm-hmm. gotcha. Yeah. Okay, how how does that work? Like you guys sell them, and then you guys split the profit, or you just pay them a fee, no. a stud fee? Yeah, just a stud fee. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yep. Yep. Okay. And, and these are these are registered Labradors, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. All of them registered in uh, a Very limited cool. registration. So no more, you know, they no one's allowed to breed off my puppies. Oh. So, 
Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, a, it's a different thing if they if people want to breed um, off my puppies, then you know that's a whole different process, and it costs more. And yeah. Oh, interesting. So they have oh. to sign. So so people that buy them, they have to sign that waiver. Yep, they have to sign a contract. Oh. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Contracts are going out in the next couple of days, so. And then, you know, they get they get their own papers and they get the microchip numbers and you know it's it's a pro, it's a lot of work. I don't recommend yeah, no, breeding like it. dogs. It's a t- a ton of work. Sounds like it. Wow. Yeah, I'm exhausted. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Is this just a for you? It's just a one-time deal that you're doing, or are you gonna? Have oh no! Oh no! We're stupid enough. We're gonna we're gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and knowing our luck, we'll get a dozen next time. You know, it's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Oh, funny. Yeah. So it's it was a learning experience. That's for darn sure. Mm. Oh, you've never done this before? Uh-uh. Nope. Mm. Okay. And then we got, um, we got lucky when we got Dixie because the gal that mm-hmm. sold her to me I asked her right away. I said, do you mind if we breed? And she's like, no, nah, that's okay. I was like, wow. Uh-huh. And normally that's a little risky because you don't want, you know, just any dog breeding with your dog because right. you never know what you're going to get, you know. And right, right. I, I went through all of this research and took all these, I took like first aid classes for dogs and all this stuff and Gotcha. Had to go through all of her testing, and we went through the DNA and did her coat color analysis and all this stuff. And mm. so, wow. you know, I didn't just breed my dog with any old dog. I had to do mm-hmm. some research. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Yeah. Cool. You're cool. No, right on, right on. Very cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, so it's been a couple of weeks. I know. Uh, Oh, with Easter and everything. How was your? Oh yeah, how was your Easter? Good, good. I've just yeah. I'm cooked cooked for the neighbors. You know my in laws. You know just mm-hmm. simple stuff, just okay. typical Midwestern ham and <laughs> au gratin <laughs> potatoes and green bean. God, I hate green bean casserole. It's so gross, but I made it anyway. <laughs> and nice. salad and and then we had pie and yeah, it was good. It was Very good. cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah we, we got together with the family. I'm telling people, like, it was kind of weird because, you know, after not getting together for so long, right, over a year, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird, like, getting together again. It was nice. I love getting together with the family, but it's just, I, I never thought I would have to get used to it, you know? Really? Going to, like, gatherings and large groups of people. But... Yeah. Yeah, we still it's haven't just, done the yeah. big group thing. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Well, we're like we were like a large, large group, but we were about I don't know, it must have been I don't know, fifteen, twenty people. That's a lot. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. a lot. Well, oh my goodness. My family, my family, just just my immediate family, without friends, were over fifty. Between what? cousins and. Cousins and nieces and nephews and uncles, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifty yeah. people, five zero. 
Yeah, five zero. Uh huh. That's that's just close. <laughs> Good lord. It's it funny when we were planning a wedding, like a small wedding. You know, it's like yeah, okay. Good luck There's with no that. Such thing. <laughs> yeah, my close wow. family were over fifty. Mhm. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Hmm. But it was nice. Yeah, it was nice to um. Good. You know, to get together again. So. Well, I was thinking when I was yeah. interacting with um, my my neighbors, my in laws, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then I um I have a, actually a regular podcast that I listen to. It's called Hidden Brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and it's it's like psychology stuff and brain stuff. It's Hidden Brain is I don't know. I get mm-hmm. so excited when there's a new episode, but they came mm-hmm. up with this subject of. Um, what do they call it? Not protective delusion. It was all about delusions, and and not a okay. like the person's delusional. It's like oh my god, they're delusional. But mm-hmm. the everyday delusions that mm-hmm. we come up with in our lives to kind of protect our, ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. well, it'll be fine, you know. All right, <laughs> kind of like injuring your knee, and no, it'll be fine. I'll just do my own thing, and, mm-hmm. or like me. Um, oh, I don't need to replace my hip right away. You know, it'll be fine. I'll get stronger. Or my mm-hmm. mother saying, I don't need to leave my house. It'll be fine. I'll be fine on my own. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a delusion that mm-hmm. you're concocting to yourself so you can mm-hmm. keep going. And, you know, in my opinion, mm-hmm. stave off or, or like put off the whole predictive grief thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't you don't want to accept that things are changing, so you give yourself the delusion that you know I am twenty pounds thinner and I do look good in this outfit and I can wear my hair this way when mm-hmm. it's probably not a good idea. So I thought that was an interesting topic about mm-hmm. how we all we all do this. We all come yes. up with we all conjure this thing in our brain that's mm-hmm. well. Well, this is this is how it's gonna. This is how I'm gonna. It's gonna look, and this is how I'm gonna present myself to the world. And and mm-hmm. it, it could be something like this delusion. Mm-hmm. So True. I think that was an interesting thought topic. True. Well, you know, you know what they say: denial is a beautiful thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why, why do people go into denial? Right, because that's what it is. When you create an alternative reality. Is because you are, you know, you're trying, you're denying your your reality. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it is. You know, you're in denial because facing your reality for whatever reason, you just maybe some people are not ready emotionally, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more on, at an emotional level. Right. Uh, sometimes you you're not ready to deal with your reality at a physical level. Yeah. Um, but I think more times than not, it's at an emotional level that you're not ready to deal with it. I agree. I so, agree. You know, and there's and, and and that could be because of many different reasons. Um, oh, you know. it's unique as every person walking around on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be because of trauma. It's because you don't feel confident, right? Mm-hmm. 
but we, we, we tend to we rationalize it. We that's the beauty about the brain. We can convince ourselves of anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what when when I deal with people that tell me like, Well, you know, what why is he lying? Why is she lying? I'm like, he's technically not lying because he believes that. A lie is when you know it's not true and you say it. But oh. when you believe when you believe something, right? It's your it's that's mm-hmm. your reality, that's your truth. That's your truth. So a person is really not lying and trying to deceive you. They they truly believe that, what they're telling you. Now, whether that's real or not, that's a different conversation, right? Yeah. Facts are facts. The facts are the facts. You cannot argue right. against facts. But to them, that's their reality. Hmm. Or their delusion is their, their own set of facts. Correct. Yeah, they, they create this reality in their head. Now there's there's some of them that are could be harmless, but there's some of them that are, you know, could be more harming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that depends. That's case by case. But that's what happens. So, you know. so believing mm-hmm. that you could um, go out and and you know I don't know get a different job or, or, you know, do something that relatively harmless, you know, you convinced yourself that you can go and change certain aspect of your life is rather harmless, but believing you can fly off a third floor balcony is harmful. Right. That's, that's, that's delusional. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Wow. The brain is so interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, your thoughts are, you know, is the only thing that you have control over. Your thoughts, your perception of life, right? What you're thinking. But then, then you also have to tell yourself: Are these my thoughts, or somebody's putting these thoughts in me? Where are they coming from? Why, why does that mm-hmm. person feel the need to, you know, to create this alternative reality instead of accepting it? Um, we always tell people, my students, especially, right, um, whenever you treat somebody, you have to meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. You always have to meet people where they're at. What do, what do you think that means? Well, you have to believe their truth to a certain extent, I would I would think. You know, don't, so don't much, be argumentative. Well, not so much believe in their truth. You have to accept the fact that if they feel the need to have that, that's where they're at. Not, not. I'm not going to go along with their with their reality, right? Right, but right. I have to accept the fact that maybe they're not ready to face reality. Hmm. No. Um, so, but what do you do can, for a person that's that's going through this alternative mm-hmm. reality that is? you know, either harmful or dangerous to themselves or others or especially right. well, to you themselves. Need to figure out what's causing them right, you need, first you need to figure out what's causing them to to not face reality. There's always a reason. Mhm. You know, and why why are you gonna take it away from them? Like some people believe in God. Okay. It's called faith, right? Mm-hmm. If, if that's what gets me through the day, right? Why would I show up tell you that no, it's not real. They're just believing in something, but why? That's what gets me through the day. 
Yeah, but believing in God is relatively harmless. Right. Now, again, there's there's a, um, um, no, well, you, you're right. Um, there was a case a while back that I read, like somebody said that, you know, some people said, well, I we believe in God, and if, if God wants to tell, God tells me to harm my, you know, to kill my son, I would do it. Oh, dear. Well, no, that's not harmless. That's harmful. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so it's different. That's yes. different. Okay. The thing about it is sometimes we want people to change, and change happens in different stages. Okay. We, we, we break down change, the process of change in different stages. And some of it is called pre-contemplation, contemplation, I'm ready to change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not everybody that comes to therapy is ready to change. Okay? True. And some people are ready to change. So I have, first I have to find out where they are, right? Yeah. It, 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 I mean, the first step to change is awareness. You have to be aware that there's something about your behavior or your way of thinking that needs to change. But if you're not willing to accept that, then it's not going to happen. Hmm. So, right. so for, for instance, if, if and, and I take my parents as an example, and there's many examples mm-hmm. exactly like them, but elderly people mm-hmm. that have mm-hmm. to leave their home. You know, they have to okay. go into assisted living or nursing care or the hospital or hospice, mm-hmm. and they 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 have to leave their home that they've been in okay. for X amount of years. I don't care how many years it's been. Um, mm-hmm. But, and they're not going. They are not going. I'm mm-hmm. staying. And mm-hmm. they're going to go through anything and everything that they can to make sure that they can mm-hmm. stay in their home. And their children or their grandchildren mm-hmm. or their friends are like, yeah, this is really not a good idea because the reality of it is the facts are that you cannot mm-hmm. stay here alone. You cannot mm-hmm. take care of yourself or your, prepare your own food or, you know, that kind of thing. What if something mm-hmm. happens and you had to evacuate your home? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Nope, I'm mm-hmm. staying. Nope. I'm staying. I'll be fine. I can do this. I can do that. And I can make arrangements and I can have people come in and help me and that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. And that to Mm -hmm. me is a delusion Mm -hmm. from reality that is speaking to their own personal narrative. So they have an idea in their head of what and how things are supposed to be. And by golly, Mm -hmm. they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that that stays true whether it's mm-hmm. healthy or not, is irrelevant. They're going to do whatever mm-hmm. it takes to make sure that mm-hmm. they can stay in their home and be mm-hmm. independent, blah, 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 even though they're not independent at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the harm that that's putting on the, the next generation down, like so their children or their grandchildren, then they're going to mm-hmm. be relying more upon their children or grandchildren, and it's a burden and it's troublesome, and it's a source of conflict, and it's a hurtful point because, by golly, they're not safe, and Mm -hmm. you're going to rely upon me to help you when I have a full life already and I cannot help you. I cannot do Mm -hmm. this, and you're Mm -hmm. guilting me into thinking that I should be able to do this. 
So I see mm-hmm. this big thing. And this is the whole idea about I'm not that old lady because I don't want to be my mm-hmm. mother. I don't want to be the one mm-hmm. that's like, I'm not leaving my house. God damn it. And it's, you mm-hmm. got to leave. You got to go. This house is going to kill you. And, right. you know, it took lung surgery to get her out of her house and she never went back. Well, she tried. That's mm-hmm. a different story. But mm-hmm. it's, oh, that's the delusion thing that I'm talking about, the protective delusion that they are putting the shell around mm-hmm. them that they have this mm-hmm. idea in mind that it'll be fine if I just do this, if I just adapt this, if I just change that one thing, it'll all be fine. Well, remember when we talked about why, why, especially when we talked about about this with your mom, right? Mm. Why is it difficult for people of that age to accept that you know the the this is a they need to move on to the to the next phase, I guess, in life? Where they cannot take care of so why do you think it's so difficult for them to comprehend? Like you're looking at it from the outside in, you're being practical, and you're like, no, you cannot take care of yourself. This house is gonna kill you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Go go somewhere that would they will take care of you. Logic, logically, that makes sense, correct? Yeah, yes, it does. But this is a, this is at an emotional level. Why is it difficult? Why was it difficult for your mom to accept that? Because what would it mean? Leaving the house meant what? Losing her independence. Exactly. She's losing something. Mm-hmm. She, she wasn't ready to give that up yet. Because it's difficult. It's, 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 it's grieving. It's so painful to accept the fact like, okay, I cannot take care of myself anymore. Even though logically it makes perfect sense, right? Right. But at an emotional level, it, it, it kills you. It kills you because yeah. it's the end of it's the end of your your identity, who you are. Yeah. And that's why it's yeah. so difficult to comprehend this time because we're looking at it logically, but this is that's that's wrong. We need to like we need to look at it from an emotional mm-hmm. aspect, and that's where people that's what that's when we have the dilemma. So people people have a conversation, a logical conversation, where in reality it needs to be more of an emotional level. Yeah, but not everybody is capable of looking at somebody's predicament from an emotional level. Because, I mean, in my my own instance, I understood that my parents were tied to their home. And I, I mean, I get it. And and they, I think they understood how dangerous it was for them to live in that giant two-story home. Oh, my God. And... But, and and at the time, I didn't have all of this knowledge that you're imparting on me now. So it was mm-hmm. very matter of fact, you know, the reality of it is, and this is what's going to happen. And I didn't even mm-hmm. think or at all about the emotional aspect of it from her end or my dad's mm-hmm. end, actually. Mm-hmm. But, oh, okay, I get it. But, you know, so and I'm trying to go through this now with my husband and his parents because it's like, oh, boy, Mm -hmm. here we go again. I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen until something happens. And I refuse Mm -hmm. to get involved in another one of those things about getting an old person out of their home. Nope, not doing that again. Mm -hmm. Nope, (laughs) not doing it. (laughs) Just emotionally, I cannot handle that again. So... Mm -hmm. 
but there has to be some way or is there any way of kind of well, allowing the barriers to come down or break down or I mean what do you do? I mean because everyone asks you. So you're saying that so you're saying there has to be a way to tell people to get over it? No, not get over it. Well, yes and no. I mean to look at it from another point of view. And and I would say to my mom, look, if if it were me, if these roles were reversed, what mm-hmm. would you say to me? And then she mm-hmm. realized I had her. I had her dead to rights. So she didn't answer mm-hmm. the question. But she understood mm-hmm. the question, and she understood mm-hmm. what the answer was going to be. Mm-hmm. And so when she didn't answer me, I looked at her and I said, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. So you made a conversation rational. You made it a, a rational conversation. Right, because she's an educated woman, and, and if she would sure. take take the emotion out of it and look at it from a different point of view, which is, let's mm-hmm. reverse roles. And if it were me, and I were what, disabled in some way, what would you say to me? Why do you, why are we, so as a culture, why do you think we're so uncomfortable with emotion? Why do we try to avoid it at all costs? Why do we try to have rational conversations instead of an emotional one? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's painful, and I don't think a lot of us know yeah, how to okay. do it. You, you, you're right. It is painful. So, so what do we? What, what have we been told about pain? Oh, you, pain's not allowed. You you avoid pain at all costs. <laughs> exactly. So, and whenever something makes us uncomfortable, we avoid it at all costs. Yeah. But then we then, then we deal with all these people who never learn how to cope with emotions. Instead of we just learn to avoid them. Right. So oh, we just bulldoze we are, we are over emotions. it. We're human, we're human beings. We're emotional. As human beings, we we have the right to to have our emotions or have our feelings. Mm-hmm. But instead of learning how to deal with them, we learn to push them down, to numb them, to feel guilty for having them. So now you have all these people dealing with anxiety and depression and whatnot, and people don't know what to do with it because they never told us how to deal with it. Hmm. You see? So I would imagine then opening up a dialogue would be a better solution than just well, announcing well, that... I think there is no dialogue when it comes to emotion. I think we just need to allow people to feel. Honestly, I'll say 80% of what I do in my in my job, I just allow people to feel. I'm not mm-hmm. there to tell people, you know, I, I, I just had this conversation with a client of mine who was going through a really bad breakup, and she was hurting. And she's like, I don't know, you know, she's like, I'm sad, I'm sad. I'm like, yeah, I, I hear you. It is, you know, it's, it is very sad. He goes, but I don't want to feel like this. So I ask, how, how else are you supposed to feel? Mm. I mean, get it. Her her reaction is very. It's 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 not a it's not a natural it's a natural reaction. Uh, what you know, because as a society we've been told don't feel sad, right? Um, mm-hmm. So to her, if feeling sad was not okay. So I asked her, well, how else are you supposed to feel? If not feeling sad, 
because, you know, a, a relationship that you care about a lot ended. How else are you supposed to feel then? Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, I get it. But I get it. It's very uncomfortable because we don't. We, we somehow we think that whenever it shows emotion, we we have to change it or we have to make it feel better. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we do, first of all, we don't. We don't have to make anybody feel better. But, but we can create some space for them. We can hold. We we call it uh, holding space. Holding space okay. means I'm gonna let you feel however you need to feel right now, and I'm just gonna sit here with you. And if you need to feel sad for today, feel sad for today. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you need to feel anxious today, feel anxious today, because it's gonna go away. You just you're just feeling this right now, and tomorrow it's gonna pass. Right. And the more you fight that feeling, the stronger it gets. Oh boy! And that's what people do. We we fight it. Whenever something makes you uncomfortable, you get you start getting distracted. You start getting busy, occupying your mind. Right. Um, right. I was reading this this TED talk about addiction. And this this guy uh, Gabor Gabor Mate, uh, or Gabor Gabor Mate. Uh, he's like world renowned top guy when it comes to addiction. Uh, he explains that. One of the humans' biggest fears, you know, people are afraid of death, right? But also people are afraid of being alone with their own thoughts. That's why we're always so busy. We're always reading something. We're always, you know, watching something. We're always on our phones or tablets or watching TV because we need mm-hmm. to keep our mind occupied. Mm. Nobody wants to just uh-huh. sit there with those thoughts because, no, 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 that's no, no, I don't want that. That's why we, we live in a culture that was, you know, there's always something. People are always on their phone, computers, watching something. Because yeah, nobody wants to sit with their thoughts. You know, and then after the fact, we, we go back and learn about mindfulness and, you know, meditation and being present. But that's what, that's what, that's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is about sitting there, sitting there with your thoughts sitting there, as uncomfortable as they are, just sit there with them. Hmm. But, you know, what will you do that if you've been told, <laughs> don't feel uncomfortable? Right. So so that's my take. So your mom, you know, being a smart woman, and I get it, uh, having a logical or rational conversation makes sense. I get that, but that never gave her a chance to deal with her emotions of loss. Yeah, I yeah I I can see that. Hmm. However, well, well, at, at an emotional level, how was it for you to watch? I mean, again, you, you rationally you did what you had to do. You you remove your mom from a not safe situation, right? And put her right. where she needs to be. I get that. But at an emotional level, how was it for you watch this woman that you? grew up seeing so independent, so strong, now coming to a place where she couldn't take care of herself. How was well, that for you at an emotional level? It was, it was so frustrating. So frustrating. Interesting. Frustrating, I, I just huh? Frustrating because I thought you, 
And I would blame her for this. Like, you should have planned mm. better. You should have thought of this ahead mm. of time. You should have made some arrangements ahead of time. You're not going to just mm. waft around in the wind and stay in this house mm. until you, your toes up and we're carrying you out of here. I mean, it'll probably burn mm. down around you, but you know, mm. why, why must you, why must you do this? And I was just so, mm. I think both my, both of my brothers and I were just so frustrated that they would just say, no, we're fine. We are just fine. We are taking care of things. We are what, handling what about, everything. What, 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 what about it? What about it frustrated you? But it just was so wrong. It was so wrong for me. It was right for them, but wrong for me. It did not did not correlate with what I thought they should be doing, which is completely unfair to them. But I thought that they should be doing what I would do, like planning ahead and making some arrangements would, would, and would that, thinking. Would that, would that make you? Would you think would that would that had help you with your pain of watching? Your mom moving into the next space. This well, woman, yeah, it would have. Woman now that, huh. Because it 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 would have been, she's taking she's being independent enough to take control mm-hmm. of her own life to make the mm-hmm. next decision about where to go and when to go. You know, it's like you're you're very very unsafe right now. Don't tell me you're fine. You're a you have cancer for heaven's sake. This house gave you cancer, and you're going to stay here no matter what. Come on. I mean, is that mm-hmm. is that an intelligent thing to do? No, but I understand how, that you how, like this house. How, how, was it, how was it for you to hear that your mom got cancer? How do you take the news? Well, I was surprised. I mean, a woman that never but smoked did, gets lung cancer? Come on. Did it, but did it, did it scare you? Did it make you feel sad that, that your mom's death became more real, I guess. Yeah, it did. Um, but I, I distinctly remember the first time I saw my mother in a very vulnerable medical situation. And it was many mm-hmm. years ago when she had mm-hmm. her knees replaced. And that was the first time. And I was, I don't know, in my t- late 20s, I think, early 30s. Mm-hmm. And she had her knees mm-hmm. replaced. And she was under a heavy morphine drip. And I was mm-hmm. like, holy buckets. This woman, mm-hmm. this pillar, this concrete pillar of our family is vulnerable. And that really shook me. That shook me to the core. I mean, like I had to leave the hospital and drive mm-hmm. away. But that mm-hmm. happened so many years ago, and I remember that a lot. Like, okay, she's human. She has vulnerabilities just like me. She mm-hmm. won't admit them, but because, mm-hmm. you know, she's, Absolutely, straight on, the best thing ever at everything you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. And if she's not, then it's not worth doing. So mm-hmm. I, I've seen her vulnerable before, and she's in her 80s, and the reality of it is that we all don't live forever. But mm-hmm. I do want you to be safe and healthy and warm and comfortable and clean and fed. Did it make you, did it, did it make you sad? What, that she got cancer? Yeah, that, that you thought that that she could, you know. Again, rationally, we know our people die. We, we rationally, we know that. Right. But hearing the news, did it make you sad? 
it 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 concerned me. I wouldn't say it made me sad. It concerned me because I wanted more information. What kind of cancer? How bad? What's the prognosis? Mm-hmm. What's the treatment? And it was mm-hmm. like da 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 da. It's it's not that bad. It's treated with a lobectomy. It should clear all. You know, we should get it all. I'm like, okay, but that's that's we're not a cancer family. So it's like, wow, that was surprising to me. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, oh, my God, my mother's going to die. I did not mm-hmm. think that because I really didn't think she would. And she didn't. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's maybe I'm, I'm maybe that's my delusion that, you know, my parents are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and they're going to, you know, saw, this is. Uh, because accepting the other one is too painful. Right. Accept, right. Accepting the alternative is too painful. So you right. convince yourself that your parents are going to be fine. Right. And again, and, my point well, to all of it is, again, we go back to that because we don't, because you don't want to engage that, that the emotion. Mm, true. That it's, that it's okay to feel sad just with the thought of your parents dying. doesn't make you, it doesn't take away from you. You're just sad. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, they're very mm-hmm. important people. I mean, they're my parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's something I got to think about. That I can be alone in my thoughts for that one. It's mm-hmm. like, hmm. So, why so again, did I think? And again, as a society, I think that's what we do. We create these alternative realities because accepting our reality is too painful. Yeah. Okay. And what yeah, I see I happening could... over time, that I mean, at first, yeah, you can. Um, you know, um, that's how people start drinking, and that's how people, you know, um, mm. um, what else? Well, we develop these vices, right, um, to keep us numb. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I guess the moral of the story is we all have our delusions, our alternate realities. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I think I look fantastic until I see myself on a video and it's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to look you know, that after I, all. <laughs> uh, again, look at, look at me with my knee, right? For, mm-hmm. th- for three years, I created this delusional, you know, idea that I was fine, that I could handle it. But today was a reminder. Of no, your knee is not okay. Your knee is not healed, right? Mm-hmm. And I just have to face it. And as much as it sucks, because it does, I'm, like I'm not gonna downplay it. I'm not gonna be like oh, it's gonna be fine, right? I'm not gonna tell myself. So and I, I know it's not the end of the world. I know that. I'm not. So I'm not gonna go to the other extreme. Like oh my god, my life is falling apart, right? Right. And, but I'm not gonna minimize. Also. The fact that, yeah, there's a reason why I've been putting it off. Because I just didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to face it. Mm-hmm. You see? Yeah, I see. Oh, believe me, I see. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so maybe okay. next week we'll so, figure out how to handle mm-hmm. the delusions. And 
face the, well, yeah. the pain. I mean, it comes down to it, it comes down to um, you know being okay with our feelings, learning to be okay with our feelings. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that. that's a tall order, right. though. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's that's going to put okay. us because outside of the norm of society in general. Um, yes, unfortunately, because um, you know the norm, I guess, in society, the norm is no avoid avoid your feelings at all costs. There shouldn't be a reason why you ever feel sad. But then you have the other side now of society saying, like, no, let's learn to, right? Let's learn to live with our feelings. Let's, you know, let's get away from avoiding them, and let's learn mm-hmm. to live with them. Mm-hmm. Right? I think we're we're kind of we're heading that way. We're nowhere near where we need to be, but we're heading towards that. Yeah, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. So and it's, I think it's up to. Mm-hmm. It's up to yeah. us to teach the next generations, plural, mm-hmm. that it well, is okay. Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, remember, we, we learn to avoid feelings because that's what our parents did. Right. So now, so we are the ones who have to break the cycle and teach our kids that it's okay to have feelings. It's okay to feel sad. Instead of when kids ask parents, are you okay, mom? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, because we don't want to worry them. Then the kid is like, Okay, but something bad happened, and you're telling me you're fine. So I'm not mm-hmm. feeling fine, mom. But if you're telling me that you're fine, then I, ha- I guess I have to be fine too. Yep. Instead of we need to we need to start learning to tell kids, you know what? I'm sad right now, but you know, but it's gonna be okay. You know that I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna get through it. We need to start having that dialogue. Right. Instead I of, agree. I'm fine. You know, say no. I am hurting right now. I am sad right now, but we're gonna get through it. Mhm. Mhm. Instead of I'm fine. You know, yeah, I, because I, the long the longer you say you're mm-hmm. fine, the longer it takes, if ever, to get sure. over that particular yeah. painful episode. Then it's like when, like I'm having a bad day, and people ask, "Are you okay?" And I said, "No," but I, I, I will be. I will be eventually, yeah. and they're like, "Whoa, okay." They were not expecting that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they're for me to say, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry about it." No, I, I, I stop saying that. I'm like, "No, I'm not okay right now, but I, w- I will be. I'm, I'm working yeah. on it." Give me, That's a, more give me a little while. Mhm. Yeah, because now when my husband and I get home after work, you know, how was your day? Man, it was really crappy in the beginning, mm-hmm. but it's over now because oh, now I'm mm-hmm. home. Yay! <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, my dear cool. friend. All right. As always, well, that's love chatting good with information. You. Yeah. All right. So yeah, next week, next week we can we can dive a little bit deeper. Sounds good. What can we do to to learn to sit with our with our emotions and stop trying to yeah. run away from them? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. an important dialogue that's got to get opened up. And you have to go mm-hmm. home and put some ice on that knee. Yeah. <laughs> I think my weekend is being decided for me already. Yes, it has. <laughs> it All, All right, right, my, my dear. I will talk to you next week, and I hope yes. you feel better. Thank you, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Take care.
You've been listening to I'm Not That Old Lady. My name is Teresa Sayers, and I'm your host. I'm the producer. I'm the editor. I'm the mixer. (laughs) I'm the one that tries to find the talent. (laughs) I'm the one that makes phone calls. I do it all. And I do it from my living room or my bedroom or my home or wherever I can turn on my phone. It's so easy. You got it. It's fantastic. So I appreciate your time. Uh, keep the emails coming at I'm not that old lady at yahoo.com and uh, be a part of the conversation. Let me know what your questions are and, and how does this information influence you? I think it's important to get everybody's perspective on this. In the meantime, tell somebody about it and show them how to do a podcast or, or at least subscribe to one and preferably mine. So in the meantime, stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask, and keep listening. Take care.